Good evening, everyone. Happy Sunday. Hopefully your day has been great and your weekend was restful and or productive if you wanted it to be. Um, <clears throat> if this is your first time listening, welcome. Welcome to my podcast. This is the Grief Journal, the unwritten pages of my grief journey. And I'm your host. So glad that you found this podcast. So glad that you chose this podcast to help you through your grief journey. Um, I'm so excited for this week's episode because it features not one, but two interviews on the loss of a grandfather. But before I even get into that, I'm going to start with an anecdote. Both of my grandfathers are still alive. Um, One lives in Mexico, but the other one lives here in Kansas City. And so uh, because of the fact that, you know, I currently reside in Kansas City, my anecdote will be mostly about the grandfather that lives in Kansas City. So my grandfather, um, which is my mother's father, just dope. Um, really, really cool dude. He's like the favorite uncle on that particular side of the family. He's in his 70s, but he looks like he's about 50. I kid you not. And they look just... Uh, like I wish I had a picture up to show you all, but like he's literally the chocolate version of my mother. Um, it's just that he only has one gold tooth and she had two. Um, my grandfather, just hilarious. Like he drives a sports car, just has, he has so much swag and he's just comedic and he's just, he's just someone that everybody wants to be around in every family function. And so when we're talking about the loss of our grandfathers today, we're really talking about the impact that our grandparents have on our lives um, and why we love them so much and how that particular grief journey can be difficult because like I said, we love our grandparents. Um, sometimes the grandparents love the grandkids more than their actual kids. And if you're a grandparent that's out there listening, um, you might honestly agree. You might have to deep search deep down and um, and really discover that, you know, maybe, maybe I do love my grandkids just a little bit more than my regular kids. Um, and so today's episode is episode 33 called Grandpa's Lap. We're going to be interviewing, well, I had already went and interviewed um, two guest speakers, two of, one, two of some of my closer friends, um, Ms. Jasmine Morgan and Ms. Joy Foster. Both of them had endured the loss of their grandfather early on in their years in the land of the living. Um, so they volunteered to be interviewed for this project. I call this project Passing the Pin. You all saw the first part of it last week when we talked about men who grieve. If you haven't watched that episode, I definitely encourage you to um, go back and listen to that one. Passing the Pin is a special project to me because it gives other people the opportunity to share their grief journeys, um, but also you get to learn about what grief looks like when you lose different family members depending or friends depending on the relationship that you had with those people. So without further ado, I'm going to start with Jasmine's interview and then go on into Joy's and then we'll conclude. Okay, Jasmine, if you could please introduce yourself to my um, listeners. 
Hello, everyone. My name is Jasmine Morgan. Um, I guess, what do y'all want to know about me? I am currently living in Kansas City. I've lived in Kansas City for going on five years now, but Chicago is home for me, um, which is where I was born and raised. And now I'm just here living my best school counselor life or my school counselor life. I don't know if it's my best, but you know, it's getting some. So yeah, that's me. Okay. Nice, 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 nice introduction to you. Um, so if you could um please <laughs> sorry, tell me about your loved one that you lost. So I lost my grandparents. Um uh, it's a very interesting story. So I lost um my grandparents exactly a month from each other. So my grandfather died in a car accident like right near his home in Chicago uh, in 2009 which is when I was a freshman in high school and then like exactly actually a month later um I lost my grandmother and she like was at that point was living in an assisted living facility and like had went into cardiac arrest and so um and then she passed exactly a month away from from my grandfather which is funny because they were divorced and like didn't like each other very much oh dang by the time that had happened like they had been divorced for years um for quite a while but they like literally died exactly a month from each other and it always just like reminds me that part of them still love each other and I think that they couldn't live without each other even if they weren't together and married um and so you know and my grandparents were a huge part of my life so um my grandfather his name is Roger mm-hmm. um he was you know almost like a, a a second dad to me like he had been around for most of my life he would pick me up from school because my mother worked um a full-time job I was raised by a single mom and so like my grandparents really were like parents to me mm-hmm. um because you know my mom worked so much and she was doing it all and so when you know, when I lost both of them, it was really hard for me because my grandmother actually lived with us for most of my childhood. So um, she had moved out of a, an apartment when my mom had moved into our house. And so like, she really was like, I, I still remember being young and being in the kitchen with her and like all of these things. So like, they were an integral part of who I was and how I grew up. And so when I lost them, it was really hard for me because I was, and I was also like a, a freshman and sophomore in Mm-hmm. year in high school and so like I didn't really understand grief and really understood it because that was really my first major loss that I'd ever felt in my family and I did take it hard for quite some time but they meant you know they were the world to me I feel like part I always like there's part of me that when I do things that reminds me of my grandfather or sometimes like my wittiness and my comebacks come from my grandmother because she was a very sharp woman and could come back at you real quick and I feel like some of that I got from her so it's it's always interesting as I've gotten older to see parts of myself in them um especially since I was at such a formidable age when they passed to now see where I am now as an adult um but those are my grandparents love them to death and still you know miss them so dearly yeah yeah so I'm very sorry for your loss um the next question that I'm going to ask, um, is a question I've been curious about, really. What is it about grandparents that we just love so much? That is crazy. What is it about grandparents? Like, they just, I don't 
don't know because it's almost like grandparents are they're not they raise your parents but they're not your parents and they just like could provide a different level of like comfort and like family and home that like isn't your parents like my grandparents you know like they weren't like obviously they would like keep me in line but like they didn't discipline me in the way that like my mother would and I could you know I can get away with a few things <laughs> with my grandparents that I could get away with at home and like my you know my grandfather would treat me like you know he would you know I was just like his little girl and he would do any, just about anything for me and my mother would always say that my grandfather spoiled me because I could get whatever I wanted from him it's like if I wanted to go like go get food somewhere he'd be like all right, go get in the car and we're going. And like, my mother would probably be like, no girl, there's food in the, car, in the refrigerator. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get nowhere with you. Um, but I just, I think it's something about the way that like our grandparents are also just a reminder of like our, our family's history and that's that comfort that they have. I always remember, you know, the stories that my grandparents would tell me about family members that I never got to know. Um, because a lot of, a lot of my family members, while they do live in Chicago, a lot of the older generation mm-hmm. actually still lived in the South and came from the South before they got to Chicago. And like, I can, you know, there, there's a history there. There's just a, you know, I think our grandparents just have, they have that happy medium where they're not our parents. And so they can, they support us. And for, for me really are somewhat like, like parents that can guide you and can give you all this love and all these things that you didn't necessarily think that you could get um that you don't necessarily get from your parents like like they just do something different than our parents do i just our grandparents are just they're just it and i don't even know how to describe it like it's just they're amazing yeah i agree i literally agree with all that for real um how do you feel like and you kind of talked about this um with with the previous answer but how do you think that parents i mean grandparents impact the family dynamic they are huge I feel like oh oftentimes like grandparents can really be the glue that holds the family together Mm -hmm. um and I think about like you know in my family like that you know my grandmother you know was a matriarch and that's you know she was revered and respected but we also knew that like you know we the family was if she wanted us there if she wanted us somewhere she wanted the family together we're gonna be together like Mm -hmm. they they hold a level of reverence and and power really in a family because honestly many you know for a lot of our grandparents they grew up in an era of of freedom that we didn't have like that they fought for us to have you know many of our grandparents were born depending on like when they were born were born in the middle of like the civil rights movement and those types of things and so like I think that's part of it especially for black families is that like there is a history that our grandparents carry and they've always had with them and I think that's always been a level of respect that we always will have for them and I think that they just and they have that ability to but also they possess that power but they use it in a way that is loving and that they pass that down to other generations and you know we always I don't know for me like want to be like we want to be like our grandparents sometimes like if you're you know sometimes for women we want to have some of those abilities that are our grandmother had like as as a woman to like have you know a grandmother who was very much 
who stood in her own and didn't take nothing from nobody never did and that is something I saw and witnessed in her at a very young age that I was enamored by and loved and revered like I want to be like that like our you know our grandparents just have that ability to carry so much history in themselves and I think especially for black families like our grandparents are really are that glue that keeps families together because I I do think that like growing up in a family that can sometimes be distant you know like my family is well some people are in one state there are others in other places and like our like my grandmother and our grandparents is what brought us together it did and that are the glue that sometimes when families aren't agreeing or they're not getting along like at the end of the day like we're going to get along for our grandparents we are like they say what they say goes and, and and they've earned that right to to do that and to say you know what they need from family so i think that's just that's just who grandparents are and because they sometimes are that like that long generation they're the last one that's you know typically are you know alive and has that and holds that family history because i don't know if i've ever actually knew like my great great grandmother those types of things like those you know grandparents are usually that last living piece of a older part of our generation and our families yeah so i think that's why they do hold so much it means so much in the family structure mm-hmm. yeah yeah i definitely agree with that one i know i definitely agree with you when you said that they tend to be the glue that holds the family together because that's mm-hmm. that's really what they are so this next question um would be so like when we lose so when we lose a grandparent and going off by what you said of them being like the glue to the family um and obviously if that grandparent has passed away you you essentially lose that what do you think it would take for the family to come back together after the loss of a grandparent that's a good question <laughs> what does it take say that again i said i'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one that was yes yes that was a good one what does it bring to you know i think sometimes it's older family members that bring families back together and i think some part of the family may never be the same after and i think that speaks for my family i thought i think that we when we lost when we lost my grandfather, especially like it was unexpected. And so like we, he was still driving really well and like the car accident that he died in like wasn't his fault. And so like it, you know, we weren't prepared for that. And I think that was, especially when you don't prepare for that death and you don't know that it's coming because sometimes, you know, with grandparents being older, like you can sometimes expect and plan for a death to come, which I feel like with my grandmother, like we saw that coming a lot sooner than we saw my grandfather. And so like, it's, you know, some part, I think that's the hardest part is accepting that like the family may not be the same. And I think that was really hard for me too, to accept even at a young age. And even like, I think even as I got older and where I am now, like, my family's not going to necessarily always be the same because these two big pieces of our family are gone and accepting that and understanding and also I think being okay with that I think that's the biggest thing is being okay with the fact that like 
maybe we aren't going to be the same but also like still holding you know holding space for them and acknowledging that what that what that meant and what they mean to us and you know I think that still like their older generations of the family can help bring the family back together like I do have some you know older family members that you know have always tried to get the family together and be intentional about the time that we've been together and making sure that we have each other and support each other and and still have that family piece. Um, and I'm thankful for that. But I do, you know, but if you don't have that necessarily, you know, the family could just go their own separate ways. It could be very, you know, that while they are that glue, sometimes when they do pass, it is hard to put all those pieces of the family back together. It is, it, it, and it could happen or it may never happen. And that's something that we have to accept that like, it, it may not come back together. The family may not stick together. And I think that is hard to accept. And, and But I also think there is room to say that like, we may, we're not gonna be the same mm-hmm. as we were when our grandparents were here, but we are going to continue to live out their legacy and to make sure that our family Intact, but that's a lot you know that's being doing intentional work which can be really hard especially if you are like me where you aren't living in the same city or even state as your family mm-hmm. that makes that a little bit harder and a little bit difficult and and which I think for my family which is why like holidays are super important that we celebrate those things because it does bring us back together and it does remind us of a time when we were all in the same place and when our, you know, when I think about Thanksgiving, which is pretty big in my family, it makes me think about those times. Yeah. It makes it, it, it reminds me of the, of the grandparents and the movie they had that, and that brought us together and made us have those memories and all of those things. It, it is not the same. Like it is, especially for me as someone who doesn't live with my family anymore and doesn't live in the same city or state as them like you know those moments it does you know it is hard sometimes to go home and be like I can't I can't see my grandparents and and you know knowing that family dynamics are just they're just different yeah. accepting that you got it okay so the next question that we have for you is um can you kind of describe what your relationship was like with with your grandparents yeah absolutely so I was I was super close to both of my my grandparents so when I was in um when I was in like when I was in elementary school I used to after school but when I got to middle school like my grandfather would actually pick me up and take me to school every day and pick and bring me home because the way that my mom's hours were set up at work like she wasn't able to do that so sometimes she would have, she would be able to take me to school but she usually wasn't able to bring me home so I spent um almost every day with my grandfather um and 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 with that relationship like we just I would I would sometimes come back to his place and my um he would cook for me and it was always funny my grandma my mother would always joke that like my dad my grandfather could have made a meal like one day and then I was coming over the next and he would make a home meal just (laughs) just for me because I was over there and he would like let me hog the tv and like do whatever I wanted to do and so we were super close it was very interesting because like I didn't 
I was in like, you know, middle school. So I didn't really have much to talk to him about, like <laughs> ages apart in terms of like things to discuss. But I was one of those relationships that was just like being around him made me happy and brought me joy. And it was so simple. It was just like a very easy like relationship. And it was for me, it was really nice because he, he would just be there and he would always support me. And I think for me, as someone who has a complicated relationship with my father, um, my relationship with my, my grandfather meant just a lot more to me because he he was always there. I could count on my grandfather for literally anything. And that, and that means a lot to me. To like, I had this person that I knew mm-hmm. if I needed absolutely anything would make sure that it would happen and would drop everything for it like and he would and he was that way with my mother you know like he you know if she ever needed anything like at a dime drop of a hat like he would go and get it done like you know I would love when he would show up to her house on like Saturday mornings and he was so obnoxious because he would just come like knocking on the door and not tell anyone that he was coming over but he would always have like a dozen donuts in his hand and we would just sit at the table and laugh and eat these donuts and it was just um it was like my favorite time as a child I I still remember it very very vividly um and I still wish that I could have those times again with him because it you know I you know life is so short and it is you know it does suck that like he didn't a lot of my memories a lot of things life achievements my my grandparents weren't able to to witness and be a part of and with my grandmother it was the same because like I mentioned earlier she moved in with with us so she was with us all the time and 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 so I spent a lot of time with her I my love of cooking came from my grandmother so she um she actually loves cooking my mom did some but my grandmother just loved to be in the kitchen and she was honestly she's she was an older black woman who loved her kitchen. She didn't want nobody getting it either. So, like, if we were gonna cook, it was it was using my mother and she and my grandmother would let me help. And like, and a lot of how I feel about cooking came from being in the kitchen with her and helping her cook meals for our family and helping her out. And I would love like when I when I got a little older, like she would let me use a knife and like cut some stuff, or she would, or it would be funny when she would be cooking something and I would go like tasting it and she would like smack my hand because she's like you know you're not supposed to mean that <laughs> but like I remember those memories and like and I think now because like I love to be in the kitchen and and I love cooking and I got that from spending the time with my grandmother in the kitchen and and it is it is one of the things that you know that always saddens me is that, that I you know I lost them when I was pretty young and I, I think that I appreciated the relationship that I had with them mm-hmm. but I know that I would appreciate it more as at the age that I am at now or if I was a little bit older when they when they passed and so I loved my relationship with my grandparents they were um just the joys of my life and I was fortunate enough to have had a close relationship with both of them for almost the entirety of my childhood up until they till they passed and so I, you know, I, I love their, like, I, and when they passed for me, like, I got to, you know, my mother, you know, really let me be involved in the planning of their services because they meant so much to me, and I was able to be a part of sending them off, um, but it just, 
they were my two of my favorite folks, <laughs> two of my favorite people, and I, and I am, I am lucky and blessed that I've been, I was able to spend all the time that I got to spend with them, and to know that like a lot of the joy that I have of my childhood, um, all the many of the great moments that I had came from spending time with them or being with them, and um, and I am even as short as it, I felt like. I got time with him and then I wanted more. Um, mm-hmm. I am thankful for that relationship and the fact that it was, and that it was a relationship. Because, you know, I have some, you know, I know some people who never had super duper close relationships with their grandparents. And I was fortunate enough to have the best one possible. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm glad that you got that experience with your grandparents for real, for real. And like a memory now you have a memory that you can carry on yes. so the next question is how do you feel like um you processed slash dealt with the grief um of the death of your grandparents that's a great question i feel like when it happened i still remember when my when my grandfather passed because it was I was still at school like I had it was like right before winter break but it was the craziest thing so like usually at this point I was in high school and I was uh I was taking public transportation at school like I was getting on school I was getting on the CTA the bus to get to from school so I didn't at that point my it wasn't that my grandfather um, couldn't take me to school he just wasn't and it was just honestly easier for me at the time to take the bus so mm-hmm. I was taking the bus to and from for school and then like usually like you know I would just take the bus home but it was funny because I my parents both my mother and father who are you know were not together mm-hmm. did not spend a lot of time together really at all had both came to pick me up from school that day and I was like so confused it was so interesting and I think they were so they were they picked me up and then we went to go like go get pizza at one of my favorite places back home and we had like ate an early an early dinner and then we went back to my dad's place and we were sitting down on the couch I remember and I like I vividly remember like after we sat down and been talking for a while like they both sat down and told me what happened mm-hmm and I like it was it hit me like a ton of bricks because I couldn't like I couldn't believe that it was real I couldn't believe that he was gone because I had just saw like I had just recently saw it top of him mm-hmm. and so into like no and I, I do appreciate my parents and the fact that they were you know honest with me about like everything that happened and like how it happened and where he was because he was only blocks away from his home at a you know driving at an intersection that he had drove many times over many times over with me um and that for me was like I was dealing with the grief of the fact that he didn't make it but I was also dealing with the possibility that it could have been me because it it, at the time of day like it's it, it was like in the morning and it if he was taking me to school that day, it could have very well been me. If my mother had dropped me off at his place to have to take me to school, like it, you know, it was, it hit me really hard. 
and it was I just couldn't believe that it had really happened and that he was gone and that he was gone like that because again his death was not it was so unexpected I I had planned you know I think I feel like if I can remember back to that time like I thought I had all this time left with him and I when he was gone it sucked it it was hard and I didn't I didn't really like I understood that he was gone but it was really rough for me to really process and understand that and and I couldn't for a long time I was I was I was struggling for a long time and then exactly a month later my grandmother passed and that was it was sort of like at the time when my my grandfather passed like that was at a time when my grandmother was just health-wise wasn't really doing well anyway and she had been put into an assisted living facility and you know in the in the things about her death were just a little bit more complicated because you know she had been living with us but it wasn't really you know we you know my mother couldn't really provide the care that she needed at home so we were putting her in an assisted assisted living facility but that was really complicated too because you know for for people who have never dealt with nursing homes and assisted living facilities they don't all look the same they look vastly different and a lot of that is based on money and resources and like my you know I didn't come from a family of a lot of money and so like my mother was on my grandmother was on Medicaid or Medicare whichever one is for older folks I could never remember um and so like she was using those benefits to be able to be an assisted living facility or whatever you want to call it and the ones that were there for like you know for people who had like the the insurance and the really nice insurance that could cover and and afford to pay for really nice long-term care facilities like she only got that for a little bit amount of time before she had to go into essentially a facility that was for people who were on Medicaid and, you know, were being, a of it was being covered and subsidized. Um, and it was just a, a vast difference. And I, I still remember as a, being like, I just wasn't a fan of it. Like I remember telling my mother that and like, I'm like, I don't think this is a good idea, but she was there. And, and in that process of being in during her time, in that time she had developed, you know, she was, had developed dementia and like it was getting to a point like where she couldn't remember me and you know she couldn't remember a lot of things and so she was um at the time of her death she was in early onset and so like she would like we would be talking and then like to like a minute or two later she would ask the same question again and like she sometimes when we would come visit her she couldn't remember who I was and that was really really hard for me because you know I was grandma's girl and so for her to not know who I was and to not understand or even remember me was really hard for me to process it at my age and like it was all happening really quickly in the midst of after my my grandfather and so like when we got we got a call from nurse home that like she had gone into cardiac arrest and that they had taken her to the hospital so we had when we got the call, I, I remember we were in the kitchen. I was with my mom and we were like making dinner or something. We got the call and then we, again, we dropped everything and went to the hospital. And by the time we got there, she was gone. And I, I remember losing it in that 
in the hospital lobby. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't process it because it was like, this is too much. This is literally too much. Like I felt like I remember myself thinking and saying that like, this is too much. Mm-hmm. Like I hadn't even fully understood or grasped my grandfather's passing. And here I am, what exactly what month? And, and my grandfather was gone. And I just, it was, it was really hard for me. And it was really hard for me because, as, and, and yes, I had a special issue with my grandfather, but I had a special one with my grandmother and it was very different and unique in the fact that like I, she lived with us. And so like up until she was moved into the facility, like she was living with us. So I, you know, we saw each other all the time, you know, literally, and to see her, and it, I got, I saw her sort of deteriorate and then to, for things with her her dementia to happen and then for her to be gone it was just Mm. it was just so much it was it was a lot and I remember just not really fully understanding it Mm. and then and I think for me like I I was at this point where I was doing my own grief and like trying to figure that out and I know and like I know my mother was trying to support me in that and I and I don't think I fully grasped at my at my age the fact that like my mother had just lost her father and her mother and exactly a month apart. Like I didn't really, I couldn't fully understand that grief either. Like I was trying to process my own and she was helping support me through that too. But like I don't I didn't fully comprehend that my mother had lost two of the biggest people in her life exactly a month apart. And that had been a huge support system and part of the village that helped raise her children me and my brother and so I think I was trying to understand my own grief and like me at my age now looking back on me at my age now looking back then like I couldn't really understand that because I was so consumed with my own which is totally understandable at my at my age to be focused on myself but like it's so interesting when you grow up and you get older you start thinking about things in a different way and that was just the grief process was hard because like we like in terms of in terms of timeline it was like my grandfather died but like we were when my grandmother died it would only it had only been like I think two weeks since this since we had the funeral like it like everything was on top of each other and it was just it was a lot it was really hard and I, I you know I remember just really struggling with that I remember all the tears I remember crying myself to sleep because I just couldn't believe that this was happening and like and I think I found some peace in like being able to help my mom plan services and be there for her in that way but it was really really hard and I just I feel like for most of my like you know I have you know I have my memory of my times when it was you know was rough while I was in high school and it you know and then it hit me when I was going to, you know, prom and I was graduating from high school and to think that like my grandparents weren't there to see that. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really, really hard for me to process that grief. And even, you know, when I graduated from undergrad, um, to think that they weren't there for that. Or the fact that like recently I graduated with my master's and like they didn't see that. Like it's so interesting the way in which waves of grief happen and there's never been a you know 
it's sometimes it's interesting because I almost feel like I for for a second maybe will forget that they're gone but then it hits me again sometimes and and it's still like when I was younger there were I would go nearly every day thinking about them and the fact that they were gone and and I you know it was just really hard for me and sometimes when I would so when I did my undergrad, I was at Mizzou, and so I would, my father got buried at, um, not my father, my grandfather got buried at um, Lincoln National Cemetery, um, which is where, because he previously served in the military, so he was buried there with other people who served, and so I'd have to pass through where the cemetery is on my drive home, which is a little bit farther from where I live, it's like a 30, 45 minute drive out, um, but so sometimes when I would be driving home from school, I would stop by and, and go and see him. And, and I remember me and my, my family when it would be like Memorial Day or Veterans Day, we would go see him and, and go drive out there and say, um, and just sit and see and be with him. And But, you know, I still have those moments and I haven't, I haven't been to either one of their grave sites in quite some time. Um, and a lot of it's location times, but a lot of it's that it's just really hard for me to even still now go mm-hmm. and and see them just and look at their grave because it, it's still sometimes is shocking that they're gone. And like, again, I have those brief moments that I feel like, well, like I forget for a second and then it, and then I heard set hits again and I'm like, they're gone. And it, and it sucks. And like when I was recently back home this past Thanksgiving, um I got you know my partner was with me and we got digging through some of um some old photo albums um the one thing I love about my mother is that she always had a disposable camera the good old Kodaks um, <laughs> and she would go get those she would go take them to the Walgreens or get them developed and so we have a bunch of photos um like almost like eight old school photo albums like the big books um photo albums at home and so we started thinking that I hadn't looked at them in years and it's probably been like probably the last time I really looked at them was when we were planning their services so um and I got to look and I got to see all photos of my grandmother holding me when I was young or me and my grandfather's lap when I was um super little and 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 it, those rush, those rush of emotions still come back, and I still think about them on like, on their birthday, and on you know because my my grandfather's death was um, only a couple days. Was it after a couple days? It was a couple days after his birthday. So, like I still, um, you know, on those days, like every year, I still, and it's sometimes funny because I have this like I don't know sort of like my body's reaction and I sometimes forget like sometimes I get I get sad or I feel like just in a, in a lower mood and I'm like yeah. sometimes I forget like why do I feel this way and then I'll like look at the calendar and I, and I say well that makes sense it's sort of like my body has this reaction to grief that sometimes it's, it just does that I you know that it just has and I think about that a, a lot and it's just my process of grief with him has been it's been a roller coaster. Like when everyone says that, like grief sometimes comes in waves and it's not a steady process and it's always, it looks always different. And it does. And it has been for me. And 
and especially as I've had and a lot I think a lot of my grief and how I've dealt with it is just feeling that loss of then being able to see all these things like I when I you know when I had all the accomplishments of graduating when I moved um from home and I like set up a you know started my life in Kansas City like to think of all of these things that they didn't weren't able to be a part of and I you know I think like my you know they would be proud of me you know I, you know I question like would they be proud of me and I think that they would I think they would be proud of the woman that I am that I've become and and knowing that they had a hand in in me being who I am today and I think they would be proud but I think about that all the time and I think just understanding and dealing with that loss and like and how it looks and how it feels and it's definitely been a journey that I'm in a better place obviously than I was when it happened like um you know it's it's gotten obviously gotten better but it still is hard um because I I so deeply wish that they were here because I you know as I think about things in my own life it just I wish them they were a part of I always imagined because like I mentioned like my grandfather was like a second father to me so like I always imagined, you know, him walking me down the aisle when I got married and to now be at the age where like marriage is in the horizons and it's a possibility, like the thought of him not being there. It's yeah. really it, those types of things sing. Like the fact that like my grandmother won't be there for me when I pick a dress and all of those things. Like it, you know, it just hits me and it sucks and it's really, really hard. But you know, I always tell my, you know, I felt like I was not patient. I didn't, I didn't have the words of be patient, give yourself grace as a freshman and sophomore in high school that I have now. Um, and the like counselor me now didn't have all those things back then. So I couldn't, I didn't understand and I like be patient with yourself and know that it's going to get better and like give yourself grace. I didn't have all those things. So I was just thinking that the world was ending. <laughs> so now I'm at a place now that I feel better um but you know it's still hard it always will be because they're not here and and I you know they're not physically with me I know that they're with me but they're just not physically there and I can't go call them up and I can't go say hi and I can't you know it's always going to be hard it's always going to be difficult but I've definitely you know, obviously in a much better place than I was um at this point nearly um over 10 years at this point so yeah okay so how do you feel like you're handling it like now like how are you processing it and handling it right now I think now I'm in a place I don't I still think of them I still sometimes go through the pictures in my phone that I I took a photo um I definitely think I'm in a better place I still have my moments where I'm like I miss my grandma I miss my grandma I want to call her and, or my grandfather would think this is funny and it's sometimes like the grief really does sometimes hit me when I'm back at home when I'm back in Chicago and I'm back in a city that I can remember the places and the memories that we made honestly I feel like probably sometimes the holidays are probably the rougher times for me mm-hmm. honestly because that is when I think a lot about them a lot and they're constantly in my mind because I'm there in the place and in the city. And I think about it a lot more, I think probably than the holidays. And I still think about it, obviously when I'm at home, but 
mm-hmm. like back in Kansas City. But when I'm at home for the holidays, I think that's the times that I think about them. Line obviously like closer to their their deaths and um, their birthdays are definitely some of the harder times for sure. Okay, well, that's all the questions that I have for you on this interview. Um, thank you so much for wanting, for being wanting to participate in the in this grief project. Thank you. I, I it's it's actually been really nice. I think I haven't had like a like a like I haven't really talked about their the grief and the process that I have with with them in a long really long time. Like I've. You know, the last really major conversation I've had about them was, you know, with my partner, you know, when we were first started to date. So it's just been, this has been really good for me. And I think something that that I needed that I didn't know that I did. So thank you for providing the space and opportunity for me to share my story and to talk about them and um, be able to have a moment of like, I think of, of peace. Um, and talking about that grief because I haven't done it in a long time. And so I thank you. This was, I think, again, that thing that sometimes you don't think you need, but that you actually do and is actually really helpful. So while this is supposed to be, you know, helpful for other people, a child and a turn into my own little therapy session, which is yeah. helpful with me. <laughs> so. yes, it heals other people and it heals you yeah. too. I'm so glad. I'm so, so, so glad. Okay, let me... Okay, so I think my favorite part about doing these podcast interviews, like pre-recording them, is the fact that I get to listen back and hear people's stories. And Jasmine's story was really, really powerful, really, really touching. I didn't realize that she and I had so many similarities um, when it comes to experiencing loss within shorter time spans. Um, Also similar feelings in the grief. So we've got Jasmine's interview down. We heard that we heard her stories. I'm going to transition to our next interview, which is with Miss Joy Foster. Okay, so all right, Joy, um first question is going to be easy. Just introduce yourself to my people, I mean my viewers, listeners there. <laughs> this is the part where I'm socially awkward over Zoom. Uh, yeah. Hi, viewers. My name is Joy Foster. Um, what else would you like me to tell them about myself? Um, usually, what do people be saying? Like a lot of people are just like, I know Taylor. Blah 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 blah. Um, I do. They talk about like their careers. Some people say like how old they are. Um anything goes on the grief journal you know because it's like a journal you know you write okay because immediately i went to i like long walks on the beach <laughs> <laughs> we embrace it all on this podcast come on <laughs> wait that can't be what she wants okay so i know um i know taylor from us working together um through a non-for-profit organization whose name i will not mention Mm because I will not give them any promo on here, but we (laughs) taught life skills um, together. And from there, we just forged a a really, really good friendship. We were sisters. We are sisters in Christ. Um, Currently, I'm a sixth grade science teacher 
at an also unnamed school because I won't give them promo or anything <laughs> either. Um, uh, let's see. I, I would say as far as my temperament is concerned, um, for the most part, if you research the picture of a Kawaka that's smiling, that's pretty much how I feel on the inside the majority of the time. Okay. Amen. I feel like you in the war for like most like interesting um introduction for real. That was <laughs> I got I got more, you know I did. Oh, oh my bad, you weren't done. <laughs> no, I'm just saying because because the the way my mind works is just like you know, like I said, my first response is my name is Joy, and I like long walks on the beach, um, and uh. So, so that's the way my brain works. And when you say introduce yourself, and I'm always like, it's it's like I could be if I can get a visual image. Um, it's like a deer in headlights. When somebody asks me to introduce myself, I always feel like a deer in headlights. And so I probably my reaction is to do probably the most socially awkward thing ever because I'm never prepared to talk about myself in an introductory fashion yeah. i don't know why because like we we you know people ask that question all the time oh tell us about yourself and the first thing on my mind is i got my head caught in the trunk car trunk mm-hmm. when i was 10 <laughs> and then they're like what and i'm like ah, <laughs> you to know. gosh okay drawing board there we go <laughs> I'm weak. I'm weak, and then you're like, anyway, back, <laughs> back. To Which actually is a true story. I, I really did get my head caught in a trunk when I was ten, a car trunk. Wow. I feel That's like you can't story. just like say that and not tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> this one I blame my mother for, and it really is her fault, and she still hasn't taken credit for it to date. Um. <laughs> When I was a little kid, uh, she told me to go grab her purse out the trunk. And this is when they first came out with those doors in the back seat. Like you, you pull down the middle, the middle passenger seat, and there's like a little door behind it, and you can use your car key to unlock it, and you can put stuff right behind it. It was supposed to be for convenience. Mm-hmm. They now recognize it's not convenient. It's probably more convenient for cup holders back there. Hence, no more doors yeah but that's when they first started doing it so my mom's purse was right behind that door Mm -hmm. so if you go in from the back seat it'll be right there and all you do is pull it out but if you go in from the trunk it's all the way at the back of the trunk and as a child I had to climb in to get it Mm -hmm. and so that's what what I did I didn't know that it was she just said it's in the trunk I didn't know it was right behind that door so I just popped the trunk I look, I climb in, I get it, and I'm coming back out. And because I had moved the the car so much, the trunk door started to come down. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. no one, and I do mean no one, would ever think to themselves, hey, catch the door, it's going to lock on your neck. Oh my God. No one would ever think that because unless it's like an SUV, you're not going to have any incentive to catch the trunk because it's not heavy. This was a, a Honda. Mm-hmm. so it comes down slowly and right as I had gotten the purse out and I'm pulling my my head out the trunk door the magnets connected and so it didn't fully shut but it connected enough to lock on my neck oh wow and I was that I was that skinny wow. 
so this is when I found out my sisters are trash because my oldest sister, like at this point now I'm panicking because I can't get my head out and I'm screaming. Mm-hmm. And my oldest sister, she's on the phone with our cousin. She comes out in the garage and she busts out laughing at the fight and then runs back in. Does she help me? No. She laughs and then runs back in. <laughs> Woman. <laughs> like, my head is do something no she goes and gets the rest of the family and they all come out she's i can hear her laughing (laughs) okay my dad is stoic he's like i think i think the rest of the fam my other sister included is just kind of caught off guard my mom is the only one who full-blown panics because at this point she doesn't know if the only reason why i'm alive is because of the trunk door and then once she releases it there goes my head we don't know if I'm decapitated at this point um I do like I know but she didn't so she has to go and physically pop the trunk to get my head out wow yeah my mom was the only one who showed any type of concern (laughs) my sister laughed my other sister was just kind of there and my dad no facial expression whatsoever he is also a police officer but i mean i'm pretty sure how often do you see this somebody should have had a camera that is hilarious if there was ever a story of my life that is it (laughs) (laughs) that is the story of my life that is funny that was good i really appreciated that one um no problem yeah so the next question um is tell me about um your loved one that you lost so this would be uh my grandfather Uh and he passed away when i was in middle school okay he was a world war ii veteran Mm -hmm. and he was uh he was a chef while he was in the military and so what I remember most as far as going over to their house as a child and spending the night and stuff is like he had all these recipe books of recipes he created. He created his own cough syrup that like a lot of these recipes my mother still has. And the cough syrup he created was way more effective than anything that you could buy in store. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember he had he had all these pill bottles like painkiller bottles but they were always full of pennies and coins and so when I went over to his house uh, I would get to sit on his lap and he would pull them out of his drawer and he would just let me count the money mm-hmm. and so but the, the majority of my memories of him have to do with cooking and counting money mm-hmm. and he just He's cracked me up because he passed away when he was, I want to say, 94. Ooh. And he was driving up until he was 93. So he still, he's very active in his church. And there was just so adventures that are coming back to me now that I forgot about that I would get to take with my grandfather. And he was, he was so chill because my grandma was the persnickety one. She was the one that would always get on our case and tell us to buckle up and stuff like that. And anytime he felt like she was being too mean to us, he would 
he would like yell at her and stuff like that and mm-hmm. my grandpa and grandma had cane fights like they each had their cane and like one couldn't hear and one couldn't see so they relied on each other a lot <laughs> um and I remember him purposely like ignoring my grandmother like he would turn off his hearing aid and it would be so it'd be so hilarious (laughs) hilarious. but he was the kind of man that um a lot of the china that she had in her china cabinet was from when he was in the military traveling and um and he would collect would collect china from across the world for her Mm -hmm. that my grandparent my grandmother my grandfather they passed on to my mom and we still pull out for thanksgiving and christmas and stuff like that mm-hmm. nice that was really that was really beautiful okay so my next question and i just came off of another interview um where we we're talking about um the loss of a mother and um talking about core family members and so i was wondering when i say um when I when I talk about core family members or your immediate family members, like what family members are included in that based on your definition? Um, I would say immediate family, I would consider parents and siblings mm-hmm. and possibly and possibly grandparents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know at the time um, when my grandmother passed while I was in college, I considered her immediate family. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the only way like that's how they defined it because that was the only way that I could make up uh, an exam I had missed to attend her funeral mm-hmm. so parents grandparents and siblings mm-hmm. okay and so why do you feel um why do you feel like and, and it's like how do I want to how do I want to phrase it without like offending anybody uh based on your definition of core family members um why do you include grandparents in that definition you know I think it depends on the family cohort and who you spend the most time with growing up and so in our household you know it was us and our siblings Mm -hmm. and then outside of that I we spent the most time with um with our grandparents Mm -hmm. and so like my my I actually have eight grandparents Mm -hmm. um and that's because on my dad's side his parents got divorced and they both remarried and then on my mom's side she was actually a foster child and she ran away at the age of nine eight or nine Mm -hmm. and so the grandfather that I'm actually talking about is technically her adoptive father okay um, but it's a uh, it's interesting because they turns out they were the cousins of her real father and that's a whole another story but so like to me that's who I knew as grandma and grandpa all my life mm-hmm. and I didn't I don't think I met her real mom mm-hmm. until I was I want to say eight or nine years old mm-hmm. and I think I only saw her twice in my life so those her her adoptive grandparents or just her excuse me her parents um or just my grandparents and then my grandmother my mom my dad's mom 
are who like those are who I spent the most time with outside of my immediate family growing up Mm -hmm. um so that's why I would include them it's just about who you spend time with in that case Mm -hmm. I would agree um yeah I would agree mostly because I live with my grandmother my mom and my um mom and myself we both we live with my grandmother and so when I think of immediate family um of course I would think about my parents but then I would also associate grandparents because I mean I basically was raised by my grandmother so I I wholeheartedly agree with that one okay so the next question is what is it about grandparents that we just love so much there are things that your parents will stumble over and they'll the mistakes that they'll make Mm -hmm. um that your grandparents in child rearing won't make Mm -hmm. primarily because they raised their kids and they already had an opportunity to to make those mistakes and to live and to learn Mm -hmm. and then they've had uh, you know just a lifetime of experience of what to do and what not to do especially when it comes to children and so you know, like we often, like <laughs> every kid says, you know, they'll watch their parents and they'd be like, man, what happened to y'all? Y'all got soft when it comes to these kids. And it's just like, well, first of all, I'm not responsible for their everyday child rearing, but also you recognize what's worthy mm-hmm. of disciplining a child for and what's not worthy of disciplining a child for. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, whereas when you were younger, that something that your kid does might've been a big deal, yeah. but when you're older, not so much and that's why I mean they they actually recommend nowadays for a lot of people um to wait to have kids until their 30s and stuff like that because in 40s because at that point you're more stable financially you're more stable like in your 20s you're running around still out life your frontal lobe is not fully developed so you're not necessarily making the best of decisions um, and I can't say that for everybody, you know, we, we know those people who are not, who are 40 years old and they're still not mature, but mm-hmm. you know, when you become a grandparent at that point, mm-hmm. the, the hope is that you've already stabilized out in life. The days of trying to find out who you are and where you belong, what your calling is and stuff like that are over and you are more grounded. Mm-hmm. So when you have your grant, when you have your grandkids come over there's a lot of things that you just don't stress about anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that you just learn to expect to see from, oh, okay, this, you know, at this age, oh, that's a developmental milestone. Like, don't, don't hit your kid for that. That's, that's just them, them being too. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. Also, I noticed like my grandmother, I just loved her so much because she was good at spoiling. Um, mm-hmm. She was so wise. Like they come with so much wisdom. Um. And I don't think we really realize it. Um, like, yeah, we like talk about, I mean, when we enter the world, like we see them as older people, but we really don't see them as like, as wise people because they have been here for so long and have seen a lot of different changes in our world. Like I remember my grandmother, she was born in the 1950s. So she would have been growing up in the era in which schools were segregated. So she has that mm-hmm. perspective yeah I mean they also have emotional intelligence that parents don't have yeah. especially when you're young. <laughs> when you're young like mm-hmm. you uh like I said when you 
when when you are a younger parent and you're trying to raise your children, mm-hmm. it can be hard to sit here and effectively manage your emotions and theirs. Whereas a, a grandparent, you know, they can they can look at a kid and be like, oh, you know what? you're just sleepy. So I'm not going to, even though I'm tired, I'm not going to react. I'm not going to be so reactive and be so stressed out because you're just, you're just sleepy and I can have some self-control of, you know, within myself mm-hmm. because you're just aches and they bump their heads and they have that wisdom mm-hmm. and that level of emotional intelligence and stuff like that. They are able to be more calm mm-hmm. and relaxed in child rearing than they are and like you said they spoil us so you know when when you go to grandma and grandpa's we get all just like no don't give them that and the grandparents are like ha can't tell me what to do I'm the grandparent grandparent. and my grandparents and it's like a vacation for the child because it's funny it's funny like we don't think about it but we say oh my parents will be parents nowadays well, especially if they're our age, will be really clear about needing a break from their children. Mm-hmm. But if you were to stop and think, if you need a break from your kids, your children probably need a break from you too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> and, and you and you don't necessarily want to have that conversation because just like you tired of it, they sick of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we all tired of each other, so like, so. <laughs> Man, that's a good point, though. That's a good point. When I have kids, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. But I know that you know they'll be having a lot of grandparent time. I'll just say that. Um, so the next question is, how do grandparents impact the family dynamic? Um, these are the, these are the matriarchs and patriarchs that we're talking about, and so. Immediately when you ask me that question, I'm thinking about generational blessings and curses because um, they they set they set the they set the stage for what life should and shouldn't look like. Mm-hmm. And if they are good grandparents, then they pass on the wisdom that they have acquired. And they actually help like if you take the time to talk to them they actually help you get perspective Mm -hmm. the good but also the bad Mm -hmm. um oh my next question um see i'm going kind of off scripted because like now i have to think of like other questions um have you lost have you lost a grandmother before Uh uh-oh hello Yes, I'm right here. Oh, okay. Have you lost a grand have you lost a grandmother before? Yes, I have. Okay. I've lost four. Two, four? Four. Four. You lost four. Okay. Okay. I'm very sorry to hear that. I'm gonna start off by saying that. Um, what do you feel like is the difference between losing a grandmother and losing a grandfather? <laughs> I you know, honestly, um, I'll tell you a story about my grandfather okay and put it in context when we buried my grandfather mm-hmm. I was I was younger uh-huh. and it was my kind of like my first exposure to death mm-hmm. and so my mom 
this was her fault once again my sister and I are standing right next to each other mm-hmm. looking down at him in his casket and she's leaning on the casket pay attention to that it's really important yeah my mom says it's like she's explaining you know touch him he's a shell now he's no longer there mm-hmm. well I wasn't a gentle child so I slapped him on the forehead which Ooh. inadvertently scared my sister so she pressed down and and the casket went down and my grandfather's body flipped in the casket oh. it flipped over and then flipped back and <laughs> <laughs> we were in middle school and like once again my mom's fault you told me to touch I, I'm a heavy I was heavy-handed it was it was too much uh my grandmother couldn't do anything but laugh um <laughs> and <laughs> And I say, like, immediately after that, my mom put us in grief counseling. And I actually, as far as the difference, I'm comparing how I grieved my grandfather versus how I grieved my grandmother. Mm -hmm. I grieved my grandfather almost immediately. Mm -hmm. And I think, I honestly think that that was because I'm a, like, I'm a daddy's girl. Mm -hmm. So, like, men, the men are really, they're really important in a, in a son and daughter's life, but Mm -hmm. that father-daughter relationship, just like the grandfather-granddaughter relationship is really, really impactful, and so I was, like, like I said, I grieved him immediately, Mm -hmm. whereas I didn't grieve my grandmother until years after she had passed, Mm -hmm. and it when I when I sit there and I look at it, I look at how I've actually I've actually been closer to my grandfathers than I have my grandmothers as a granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that for everybody. Like I, I wouldn't, you know, I it, that that was just me, but I think I think as far as as far as as far as grieving him, mm-hmm. it was like we don't have a lot of male figureheads mm-hmm. in the in the family cohort because of everything that goes on. Mm-hmm. So to lose a male figurehead mm-hmm. is that it's not it's it's the it's the protection it's the everything that it means to be a man is what just got stripped away, mm-hmm. and so. I think for me, I, I, like even to date, I would, I like thinking about it, I still cry over him more than I would my grandmother mm-hmm. because of the, the bond and the relationship and what he meant to me in my life more than I would my grandma. Uh-huh. That's really interesting. It's interesting. I don't know. And I think of, it's going to sound crazy and maybe a little morbid, but like, ever since I was younger when I thought about like the um the concept of death and like the dying order and who's supposed to die first I always figured I always thought you know it would be the grandparent because like in my eyes like the oldest goes first so it would make sense for the grandparent to go but I never really thought about what the impact on the person could be when they grieve the grandmother versus like the grandfather 
Um, and like I said, I referenced like the previous interview that I did, um, we're talking about the mother and how like she's the nurturer of the family. And so mm -hmm. that in itself would be hard when you lose the nurturer. And so I didn't know if that was the same when it came to the grandmother. Um, like, do you lose like the grand nurturer? I'm gonna call it the grand nurturer, um, the OG nurturer, because, you know, she's older versus like the OG provider. Like, what does that look like? So, you know, it's interesting, at least because from my perspective, I can't say that my sisters would say the same thing, mm -hmm. but um, my grandmothers uh, weren't so much as nurturing as they were mm -hmm. the the less shape and mold you to be a proper woman yeah. so they're very they're very like as far like my mom is very nurturing but my grandmothers are very hard as far like hard on us as ladies yeah and so I didn't necessarily at least for me I don't I don't feel like I got the the nurturing side so much as I got the side that was that was um you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. I think I got more nurturing as far as the pick you up, put you in your lap, love on you, scrape, you know, clean up your boo-boos and stuff like that. I think I got that more so from my grandfather mm -hmm. than I did my grandmother's. Huh. Huh. Oh, interesting, interesting. I love that. I love that. Okay. So these next two questions, um, they might like they probably require some you know thought um mostly because i just came up with them two seconds ago so obviously obviously your grandparents are your parents parents what did your parents um grief journey teach you about the grief process of losing a parent Oof. yeah i know i know i oof. I watched, um, as far as my mother's, as far as my mother's parents, um, because they, they had reached old age, um, they had lived long lives. Mm -hmm. um, I watched my mother cry mm -hmm. and, uh, and process. Mm -hmm but I didn't see her, I didn't get to see her cry too much mm -hmm. because there were certain things that she protected us from as kids. Okay. Um, but she, she expected it. She knew it was coming. It wasn't out of the blue. It wasn't like, oh, they got into a car wreck or something like that. It was, mm -hmm. no, he was 90, like I said, he was 94. My grandmother was... 80 something so mm -hmm. and I was younger when my mother's parents died so switching over to my to my father um once again my dad was really gentle about it mm -hmm. but he also kind of hid his emotions mm -hmm. to a certain extent um and didn't really he cried, but there were there are times that even now what where he might break down and we only know about it because my mom has said something and the reason why he broke down is because he misses his mom. And so I think if I learned anything 
from their journeys is that, especially grieving their own parents, is that there is no time limit on it. Mm-hmm. There will always be, there will always be times where you wish you can pick up the phone or just go and see them. My dad's dad is still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but there will always, there will always be times where you're going to always miss your parents. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, there, there is no, I, I think, I think it's only the, as far as the grief journey goes, it only hurts less, mm-hmm. but it doesn't stop hurting. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good. Okay, and so this next question is going to be our final one, um, but I'm also going to use a story to like kind of put it in perspective, um, hopefully phrase it in a way that makes sense. So whenever I would have conversations about my grandmother, when she was losing her siblings, um, I would ask how she felt about it, and she would just say, you know what, that's life. Um, that's just how the way life is. Um, one time we had a conversation, and she said something to the effect of, you know, what, I lived a good life. Um, I lived a long life. Uh, at my uncle's funeral it's kind of funny story but no there's no kind of like it it, it's funny um one of my great great grandmothers um they gave her the mic and what what she said was I've been waiting for the Lord to take me I pray every day that he takes me to be with him and so (laughs) and first of all like when I heard that I'm just like is that okay to say at a funeral like can we like are we allowed to say I think at this point all bets are off who's gonna stop it like first of all why do we like tell people how we really feel at funerals that's that's a different topic that's a different episode um (laughs) like why does it all come out then but like I say all that to say the older that we get um the more reflective we become on our lives um and it seems like we we may have our regrets but we are also content um with like with how our lives led I think of that song like I won't complain um song says like my good days outweigh my bad days and I won't complain and so I say all that to say what's the two-part question first of all did your grandparent ever say anything to that extent you know what I lived a long life like I'm okay with how things went and second fold the part two of the question is how did um your grandparents view on their life closer to their death impact how you lived yours or how you saw life after that you know honestly Mm -hmm. I think uh I think a a better person for me to pull an answer from that from would actually be my sister okay Uh, my sister didn't die she Mm -hmm. did have cancer and they did tell her that she was going to die Uh um and the way she started and I only say I'm pulling from my sister because I wasn't there Mm -hmm. like they didn't they didn't allow us to be there uh as far as in the room to have those last conversations with my grandparents sure so it's hard for me to reflect because I didn't get an opportunity to actually have a conversation with them before they passed Mm -hmm. like I just so happened with with my grandmother um with my dad's mother, she was in the hospital and I was away at college. And so I made it back in time before they pulled the plug, but she was already gone. Mm-hmm. 
And then with my grandmother and grandfather from my mom's side, um, at least one set, they were, they were in hospice and they didn't allow us back there to have those final conversations Mm -hmm. as far as getting to ask stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So my sister, when she was laying in the hospital and she was at like her weakest, Mm -hmm. um, it was hard to watch when she got out, Mm -hmm. uh, when she wasn't doing chemotherapy, you're talking about somebody who had no fear whatsoever Mm -hmm. and lived life to the fullest. I mean, she didn't let cancer stop her from wanting to play football, from wanting to cheerlead, uh, from going to school uh, with only 80 strands of hair on her head. Yeah. Like she, like she legit was probably, it's, it's, it's crazy that the people who could be full of death are the most full of life. Yeah. Because they understand there are a lot of things that just don't matter. Yeah. The everyday things that we stress over or that concern us. Uh, it's not that those things are, aren't legit. It's just that they don't matter. And that's at least, at least from what I pulled from watching her and how I live my life now, there's some things that just don't matter. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's gonna work itself out and there'll never be a time in life where you can actually say you're at your lowest and even if you feel like you were at your lowest look up yeah there's nowhere to go but up and that's what I learned from watching my sister she didn't she didn't let it stop her she acknowledged what was going on but she didn't let it stop her Mm -hmm. so for me there's a perseverance that's there now that's just like, oh, oh, I'm tired. I'm not going to let that stop me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't feel good. No, that's not going to stop me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. No, that's not going to stop me. We got someplace to go. We have goals and things to accomplish. Um, I can't stop me. Like there's an Andy Minio song uh, where he goes, there's a line where he says, my biggest enemy is me and even I can't stop me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think about. Man. All right, Joy. Well, that's going to conclude our interview for today. Thank you so much for taking the time to answer these questions. Thank you for allowing me to be here and allow me to share ridiculous stories. Yes, uh, as you should. (laughs) Anything goes on the Green Journal. What you mean? Like, (laughs) anything goes on this podcast. Oh man. Okay. So that was our second and last interview. I hope you really enjoyed it. Um, Joy just brings a lot of wisdom in general. And so it doesn't even surprise me that she brought as much wisdom to this podcast interview as she did. Um, so I'm going to close off by giving you your assignment. Um, or your challenge for the week, think of a game that you played with your grandfather um, or an important lesson that he taught you. And you're going to either write down that lesson 
in the notepad on your phone, in a journal, or even in the comments below if you're watching this on Facebook. Or play that same game that your grandfather played with you, either with your nieces, nephews, younger siblings, or children, or grandchildren if you have them. So that concludes this week's episode of The Grief Journal. Make sure that you tune in next week as we talk about the loss of an uncle. Hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next week.